Today's show is one that we have decided to do based on hearing from you. And where do we hear from you? We hear from you in our Facebook group, The Relaunch Effect. We hear from you on Instagram, and that is The Relaunch Co. And for those of you that are currently subscribing to our podcast as well, we appreciate you for hitting that button. And all of you on Voice America that are supporting us, you know what? We are raising the roof today because we have gotten feedback on what you really want to hear from a relaunch perspective and what is top of mind. And I decided, you know what? Hey, I got a lot of experience with what I'm about to talk about. So today we're going to be talking and going into detail about going and making a massive decision to go from corporate into entrepreneurship. Maybe it's entrepreneurship into corporate. Maybe it is doing something completely different, completely off the chart. And we're going to go there too. All right. So this is going to be an amazing show where you're going to have takeaways. You're going to hear stories of clients' journeys, and hopefully it resonates with you. Because 400 million people right now are leaving corporate and they are taking up entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hillary DeCesar, best selling author, speaker, and transformational coach, widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Entrepreneurship is the second largest growing industry right now. I mean, let's just talk about this, that this is the largest group outside of tech that's exploding. Coaching is exploding. Because people are finding that there's something deep within them that they want to put out into the world. And so we're going to be going there as well. And how to do it, if that's you, how do you kind of move into that next direction? So I'm really excited to share, you know, first and foremost, my journey with all of you. And then we're going to go ahead and I'm going to share others so that it really resonates. A lot of this can be found in my new book, Relaunch, Spark Your Heart to Ignite Your Life. And when we talk about that spark, 
I want you to be thinking about this. We just did a massive research project and we asked people, what is driving people to make change today? What's driving people to make change? And you know what they said? Number one, for the first time in all the years that we've been collecting data, purpose is number one. Before it was number four or five on the list, it was, you know, job satisfaction and I want to make more money and, you know, things like that. Now it's about purpose, which ties into 3HQ and this 3HQ method that you're hearing about and that is now being incorporated into businesses, both small solopreneurs are using it, as well as midsize, as well as large, large companies using 3HQ. And 3HQ, the H's, head, heart, higher self. And it's getting out of our head into our heart and tapping into that higher self. And guess what? I often say your business is a reflection of you. Your business actually has 3HQ, and we're going to be talking about that in detail. So right now, I just want to share with you um, my journey that started when I was actually super, super young. I had the entrepreneurial bug, and I remember as a you know five, six, seven-year-old inviting my friends into my bedroom and then marking down on the bottom of... Um, things that I that we had in our, my bedroom, in my house. I'd bring them into my room and it was like my storefront. And I would sell things from my bedroom. Unfortunately, I was selling things that were my mom's and pricing them at like 25 cents and even five cents. And my mom finally caught, got wind of this and said, you got to stop. Where's my stuff? This like these things that I've been like keeping forever. And so it was really an early age that I knew entrepreneurship, but, but I didn't go that route. I went into college pre-med. Dad was a doctor. Grandfather was a doctor. And I thought I'm going to be, you know, yet third, third generation of orthopedic surgeons. Well, that ended after about my, I think it was my second semester of freshman year where I had to take all these different classes in organic chemistry. I'm like, oh my God, eyes rolling in the back of my head. Biology where I had to dissect, you know, part of um, a frog. And then we had to do this cat cadaver. And I'm like, not what I'm interested in. I like, I, I don't have any interest in this. And so best comment my dad said was, you're out of state tuition and I'm only willing to go four years. So whatever you want to do, Hillary, get out in four. Don't know if any of you had that too, where I'm like, you know, but wait, what am I passionate about? What do I love? Well, that wasn't part of it. It was get out in four years. So I looked at what I had done and I had two choices. I had psychology or anthropology and Mr. Nishikawa really wanted me to go anthropology. And I thought, no, I can't do that either. I'm not going to be digging and looking at old bones again. I got to get away from that whole thing. So I ended up going into psychology. I actually loved it, had a passion for it, but you know, things change over time. 
I will tell that story a different day. And I ended up getting into the corporate business world, started at Xerox, and then ended up going into Oracle, which is a high-tech company in the Silicon Valley. And I did not have any idea even what Oracle was. I didn't know if you really want to know. I didn't even know how to type at that point. And um, the reason being is there was a person in college that was called the Phantom Typer and they did it in the middle of the night for me. So I hand wrote it. And by the way, the Phantom Typer who looked a lot like Elvira, she ended up making some of my sentences even sound better than I did. So I'm like, hey, this is working for me because she thinks that I wrote it, but I wrote it so sloppy that then she you know, corrected it. And I'm like, God, this is so good. Well, eventually I get in there and the first thing I, I find out is that uh, they never asked me. They assumed I knew how to type and man, that's what I you know, had to do really fast. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, chicken peck is not going to be the answer. So I had to do a... I had to do a a class at night at the local community college on typing. And I did that. And then I'd come back and I'd stay late so that nobody could see me typing in my notes. And the big thing was, you know, you had to listen and type at the same time, which is an even bigger skill that I had. So I eventually started to pick up everything. I picked up this, you know, this technology. I was doing things that I had never even thought. I didn't know anything about, you know, the computer and what was involved in databases. And I ended up finding that I had a gift, what we're going to call the G zone. And the G zone we're going to hear is really this great zone, your, your genius zone. It's really your gratitude zone, but it's also your growth zone. It's what comes easy to you. And we all have, just be grateful right now, y'all have it. That is 100% true. We all have it, but sometimes we just don't know how to access it, okay? So I ended up realizing soon enough that sales, marketing, putting myself out there was something that I could do. And I ended up having to learn a ton. I had to learn about technology. I had to learn financials, manufacturing, again, software that runs major companies. I had to learn about the financials like general ledger and accounts receivable, fixed assets. And here is something that I want y'all to know. I did not have the background for this. I did not have the financial classes in college. I didn't have the manufacturing uh, classes. I had to learn it. And to learn it as I went. And I had to quickly figure out who in Oracle could help me, who was going to be like my go-to. And I found the best of the best. I found mentors that could help me. And that literally, shout out to Bob Seagrave, shout out to Jara Fuentes, who stayed with me, Tom Palak, who stayed with me after hours and got me up to speed on what I needed to know. And then my senior vice president decided, I don't know how she decided to do this. She sent me to a programming class on how to actually program and develop the financial software, the manufacturing software. And I was sent to a hotel where I had to live for weeks. And I remember um, calling my, my then husband and saying, 
I don't know why I'm here. This is not what I want to do. But let me tell you, it gave me a lot of confidence in terms of what I was selling. Nobody could ever say I didn't know what I was doing again because, man, I knew the ins and outs of that. So here's the thing. I, I rose up through the, the world of tech. I was in um, definitely a more man's world. I was, as described in um, one of the books that I've co-written with John Gray, I ended up, um, I describe it as, you know, this third sex where there, there are men, there are women, and then there are women trying to be a man. And that was me. Today, there's a lot more genders. We have a lot more opportunity to kind of mix and match, but it's still when you're not showing up as your true self, when you're trying to be someone you're not, when, and I was not only trying to do this on the inside, I was also trying to do it on the outside. And the big thing for me came when I went for a position and we all have heard about Sheryl Sandberg and the whole idea of leaning in. Well, I leaned in and I had just had twins. I was, um, my gosh, I don't even think I was uh, home for more than about a week. And I get a call from my vice president who basically says, hey, I'm really excited to announce we have a new a new um, manager, a new, uh, new um, president or vice president or director. I can't remember what he said. And he said, you know, we have this new position and he named the actual, you know, person. And I was like, oh, well, he's a peer of mine. And, you know, how come, how come I wasn't asked to interview for this job? And I actually was so bold. I said that. And I remember I had my twins in my hands at that head, like the double fist. I was holding both of them. They were, you know, five pounds, one ounce and four pounds, 11 ounce when they came out. And, and the, um, my boss said, well, you know, God, you got twins, you got, you know, you're doing, you're doing other things now. And I said, well, wait a second. I want, I, 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 I want to be allowed to interview. And he said, well, we've already given this job away. And I said, but wait, I, I have, you know, seniority. I've been around longer. I've the numbers. I should at least be allowed to go for it. Well, I didn't know the can of worms that I was opening up and I continued to push and I'm going to make this story fast. I ended up, um, <laughs> about five or six weeks later, I ended up getting the job. And the gentleman who had been given the job ended up being a director for me. And I had all these other guys that were excited to work for this other person. And here I am. And next thing you know, I'm leaving my, my babies. I'm going into the office I lived about, um, at that point, traffic was terrible going uh, from, I lived in the Bay Area from East Bay to to uh, Burlingame area uh, near the airport in San Francisco. And it was about an hour and a half to two hour drive each way. So I was in the car. I would get, I would leave before the babies were, were awake. I would get home many times when they were already asleep. And that's when I realized, wow, I had made one of the biggest mistakes of my life. But could I tell anyone that? 
Heck no. Are you kidding me? No way. So I sucked it up and I continued to do that. I did that role for almost a year. And it was um, one of the hardest years I've ever had. It was one of the most um, non-rewarding years I ever had. And the thing is, is again, I couldn't share it with anyone. Again, I couldn't let anybody know um, in fear of what would happen. Finally, 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 um, there was a new opportunity and, uh, somebody, you know, my, my, my boss then again at that time came and said, Hillary, you know, this is an opportunity. And I, I think they thought, oh God, we got to give Hillary every opportunity. If there is one, we got to tell her about it. Well, they told me about it and I'm like, oh, yes. And it was to go over and, and start this new, um, ready for this dot com opportunity to run small businesses and be kind of a hybrid and, and be a account manager, executive manager, management, all that, and, and run this space. Um, and I have to say, wow, what a year, what a year. And it was so great. But then again, it was one of these times where I'm like, all right, now what? Been there, done that with the other, what's next for me? And there was this, this shallowness in me. There was this like whole, whole concept around like, I don't feel like I'm connected to what I'm really supposed to be doing. I'm, I'm, I'm running through what I'm doing. I'm I'm doing the stages. I'm doing all this, but I'm really not, I'm not into it. I'm not like happy. And I'm like, oh my God. And it ended up that I had another baby (laughs) that just keep coming. And this time it wasn't twins. And during that time, I'm like, you know, do I really want to go back? And I was about to hit the 10 year mark. And I'm like, I want to try something new. And so I want to get more into the decisions that are involved and what happened at that point. And I will just as soon as we come back from this short break. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. And I am addressing... The number one uh, question that we're getting these days around relaunches is, you know, how do you make that final decision to make a big move from corporate to entrepreneurship or from a job that you're having into corporate? Or how do you even like, what, what are the steps to relaunch that? How do you make it successful? And I just shared about when I stepped in, I leaned in as Sheryl Sandberg in uh, 2013 states in her book, I leaned in 
And I wanted a, a seat at the table. And well, guess what? I got it. And it ended up being one of the worst decisions. I had to leave my family and babies and I was miserable. And so I think the lesson there that I just want to wrap up is when you're making decisions to go for new positions or leave or start something new, you really have to understand the why behind it. It can't be ego-based. It can't be that you have, you know, oh gosh, you know, your competitive juices are, you know, flowing up. It it really has to be really well thought through. And you have to have a, a process for being able to do that. In the book, Relaunch Spark Your Heart to Ignite Your Life, I say science says it's our purpose that helps set us apart as individuals. A meaningful purpose acts as a kind of nourishment for our soul. So I said that we went ahead and did a huge research project um, survey lately, and purpose was the number one that came up as that people want, that they're searching for, right? It's like, why am I here? What am I doing? What's my life supposed to be? And when I hit that wall where I'm like, you know what, I had just had the most successful financial year of my life. I had been awarded with the accolade of, you know, top account manager of the entire company. I mean, it was the point where I'm like, oh, you know, I should have, from all intents and purposes, been really fired up. And I was miserable. And at that point, I knew that I wasn't operating in alignment with my 3HQ. My, my head was in this deep, dark place. Uh, my thought processes, which I talk about in the head, you've got your thoughts. You've got this, you know, what are those thoughts that are going on? I was negative. I was, you know, really not in a good state. And I kept thinking, what can I do? What can I do to change this? Because the one thing humans have is we have choice and we sometimes forget that. We have a choice to make something happen, but it's the fear that puts us into, well, should I, you know, should I be leaving? Should I just stay? I just have the biggest year or I'm getting a good paycheck or my, my benefits are really good. And I believe that's what's happening right now with quiet quitting where we're sitting there, we're in our jobs and we're not happy, but we're, you know, we're knowing that, you know, gosh, I can just keep doing what I'm doing and they're going to keep paying me. And, you know, I know how to do it. I'm, I'm good at it. Might not be in my G zone, that great zone, growth zone, gratitude zone, but I'm, I'm okay. And when you put those thoughts out there, you're actually shutting down in the 3HQ method. You're shutting down that access to your higher self that access to that flowing in alignment of all of the, the head, the heart, the higher self. And so when this happened, I knew I had to make 
a decision, a monumental decision for me. And that is to step away from what I knew, from how I identified with my life, with myself. My identity was tied up in, well, I'm this and I work here. And when someone said, hey, what do you do? I was like, I work at Oracle and I'm like, you know, I mean, that was my identity. And all of a sudden, when I left and I left, um, and I'm so grateful for yet another mentor, you're hearing something here, everybody, mentors along the way, hugely valuable. And my mentor was a gentleman named Ray Lane. He was president of Oracle and he went over to Kleiner Perkins. He gave me a call and said, um, this was kind of what got me going into my next, my next, you know, big adventure. I call it my next relaunch. And he said, you know, I'm over at Kleiner Perkins, one of the largest uh, venture capital firms in the world. And I want you to come over and help coach and do a three-day session with our portfolio companies, our executives that are running these. And I thought, you know, I can do that. I've managed, I've I've held a lot of different positions. I've done, you know, every industry under the sun because I I handled something called general business at Oracle. And I knew that it was something that I was challenged by and I wanted to be further challenged. Well, I did it and I fell in love with it. And I realized, wow, I love coaching. And I thought to myself, and this is where, you know, that crazy thing. And I asked people that I I one-on-one coach with even today. And when you talk about how long I've been coaching and and, uh, helping people, it's been probably, you know, definitely over two decades now, maybe a little longer. But I like to ask people when you were young, trying to get them in their G zone, what was it? What was, what was it that just came easy to you? What did you, what did you dream of being? And I thought back during this time, I thought, you know, I've always loved to share things that I've learned. I'm like, so curious. I want to, if I find something new, I want to share it out there. It's like, I want to like everyone to have it. I don't want to keep it to myself as like, you know, this is my own little like, you know, oh, I got this, but nobody else can have it. I'm one of those that like shot it at the, you know, on the rooftops and my poor cousin, JD, JD Dixon, I would have him in the basement of his house and I would make him listen to these lessons that I would give him. And he was probably seven. I was probably eight, nine years old. And he would have to, you know, come back with his homework done. And and we did this for years and I'm laughing right now, JD. I came from a family of all my brother. I only have one brother, but I have all male cousins. I was the only girl. And I mean, I wanted to teach these boys everything, but JD got the brunt of it. So here I am and I'm coaching. And and in those days when I did this um, for Kleiner Perkins, it was called consulting. Now it's called coaching, which I love, but it ended up during this time, I heard so many different executives and their concerns and how they had been in a corporate job and now were CEOs of these, you know, entrepreneurial ventures. And many of them had just gotten, you know, small amounts of funding, larger amounts of funding. 
And they, they didn't really understand, like, I, you know, they knew what to do in a corporate world, but having an entrepreneurial based business was something new to them. And there was this like, you know, what should we do? What are the steps? Again, head, head, very much in their head, right? Give me the steps. Give me the steps. And steps are super important, super important. But they're also beyond the steps. Like I always say, IQ was a huge part of the 60s, 70s, 80s. EQ emotionally, you know, available emotionally, you know, there was all part of the 90s. Today, it's really three HQ, head, heart, higher self. It's no longer just driving forward as a leader, as an executive, as a CEO of a entrepreneurial venture and be only going after that head-based you have to have heart-centered leadership. That's what the world is demanding now. And when you look at uh, PwC just did a survey, one third of the executives that they actually uh, surveyed said loss of culture was the biggest challenge right now to hybrid. Loss of culture. And that means because we're not able to connect Connect is what human beings need. We are needing of this. We have to connect. We have to share ideas and being siloed at homes without being connected to others gets incredibly lonely. And by the way, in today's world, there has never been a higher sense of loneliness ever. There has never been more people going on prescriptions to help fight loneliness, depression, which comes from, which is the, you know, cause and the effect. And right now, as we move into this heart-centered leadership, I want to go back to purpose. Remember I said, this is what people are trying to figure out. So when is the right time <clears throat> for you to actually make that move. And sometimes people jump too soon and they're like the regrets and we don't want regrets. We want to be, especially if we're going to move into a place of leadership, a place of, of, you know, being, being at that, that the helm of a business, we want to make sure we have a solid foundation. I grew up in Los Angeles, earthquakes abound, right? And with every, even the small ones, there's cracks that develop. And when the cracks develop, many times, especially, you know, freeways of LA, they just fill them in, fill them in, throw a little gravel in them, put a little you know, tar on top, you know, asphalt and boom, you're good. And then what happens? The next, the next earthquake, because that hasn't been really fully, you know, made into this solid, solid rebuild, it ends up splitting again, sometimes bigger until you put that foundation, until you rip it up, you put the rebar in, you do all the changes. That's what we need to be making sure we're doing as we go into our new venture. And how do you do that? And how do you make sure you start by really number one is making sure that is there, you know, is there an opportunity for you to do this 
as a hobby, as a you know side hustle, just to try to experiment, to see, to to create your your you know MVP, your minimal viable product, to see will somebody buy your product? Will somebody buy your product? That is the biggest thing. The business of you know I'm going to build, I'm going to build, I'm going to build. If you can't get people to sign up, buy whatever you're selling, then don't make any moves unless you're going to make a move to a different company because there's other reasons. But here's the thing, when you're starting your business, when you're starting an entrepreneurial venture, you got to be smart about what you are doing. And it's almost like a process of an incubator, right? You want to make sure that you know what the market is looking for what the need is. I often say, you know, I lived in London for a while and they have something called the tube. And, you know, there's this thing that comes over the the, the big microphone and it says, mind the gap, mind the gap. And I love that analogy because you've got this concept about where you are and where you want to go. You want to get, go from the platform into the tube, but there is a serious gap. And for, you know, us women that were, you know, running around in our, in our heels and our stilettos, let me tell you, you did not want to fall into the gap. One, you'd lose a shoe, but you also might, you know, get your foot stuck and all that stuff. So you want to be able to understand what is in between where, where your, and I always call them your struggling avatar, that, person that you're going to be helping? Where are they today and where do they want to go? Well, where they want to go is a lot easier to identify because you can sit here and say, um, you know, they want to have a more successful business. The Relaunch Co. does this. So we say, you know, okay, you want to elevate yourself from a six to a seven to an eight-figure business. Great. That's where you want to go. We can get that vision out there very quickly but it is helping them understand where they are if they stay where they are where they are it's painful it's painful so we always want to understand what is it about your new venture this entrepreneurial spirit this you know new company that you want to start what is it about your business your unique selling proposition your USP that's going to fill the gap that's going to take them There was a great uh, book, uh, old book, uh, Crossing the Chasm by Jeffrey Moore. And he talks about that chasm, that, that, that is so important to really be thinking about. And what we can do before we, you know, decide to make any move is realize that, you know, is that something that you are truly going to be passionate about? Is that something that when we talk about your why, your why, why are you doing this? And I had this great, great conversation with a woman named Lisa Rankin this morning, and she runs the Fortune Media Group. She spearheaded the product video uh, programming of As Seen on TV and also uh, Shark Shark Discovers with, um, um, you know, the, the guy from Shark Tank. And the thing is, is that she said this too, if you start your business solely to make money, solely to make money, you're always going to end up getting yourself into a really bad position because entrepreneurship is difficult. It's hard. It is, you know, it is a lot of like, you know, 
bringing yourself to that higher level so that you can get through situations. And if you're only doing it for the money, then you end up being able to get into that point of burnout, of adrenal fatigue, of, you know what, why am I even doing this? I'm not that, I, you know what, I've been doing it. I'm not that interested. So that's why we always have to be thinking about that purpose of why you want to do it. Who do you ultimately want to help? You know, what are your, I, I, I talk about it with men. A lot of times I say, it's your why wizard deep inside of you. It's like, you know, ask yourself the why, why do you want to do this? Why are you, why are you going for this right now? Why is this the right time for you? And as you continue to talk to your why wizard internally, you're going to start to realize you're going to get answers and keep pushing yourself. And for women, it's your wise woman. It's your wise woman inside that you're going to keep asking why. All right. We have to take another short break. But when I come back, I'm going to give you some examples of people that did it and some tips and tricks and things that you can be leveraging right now if you're thinking about making a move from corporate to entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. We're talking about quiet quitting. We're talking about great resignations when you decide that, you know, mass people, 400 million are now moving from corporate into entrepreneurship. And a lot of times the passion, it's, you know, perhaps at this point, you know, you started a business strictly because, you know, hey, I want to make money. It's not happening. Maybe now you're trying to get back into corporate. Lots of people making different shifts right now. We learned that through our surveys at Relaunch that number one, people are driven right now by purpose. Purpose, purpose, purpose. And I want to um I want to mention this that as you are, and in the last second, if you haven't you haven't gone back and listened and you're just joining us now, go back because I've given you some tips and strategies for how to initially start thinking about your new venture. Yes, there's a lot that you should be doing as you scale your business, but I gotta tell you how many people out there have, you know, you're, you're jamming, like you start to like see traction, you're starting to move up, God, you're starting to get, you know, the 10,000, the hundred thousand dollar months. And yet you never put the foundation down. You haven't quite figured out and mastered. How are you, how do you become a successful, scalable CEO? And that is something that is so critical to have because too many companies, why do nine out of 10 companies fail? It's because just like I said, with the earthquakes, it's because they, you know, the cracks and, oh, we're going to patch that. We're going to patch that. And it's easy to do when you're in the moment and you're living in that, oh my gosh, that, you know, that sense of rush of the company's growing and we're moving and moving, but then pandemics happen, financial crisis happens. 
We have, um, you know, all of a sudden there's, you know, shortages on what you're trying to get to create your products and supply chain issues. I mean, there's so many things that happen and we call those relaunches. We call them when all of a sudden something happens. And by the way, things happen all the time. There might be another relaunch right around the corner. Your biggest client that you thought, you know, we're going to have forever and we're all of a sudden leaves. All of a sudden they aren't sustainable. So I want you to be thinking about this. And it was really fascinating. I interviewed um, last week, I interviewed a gal named Joanne Molinaro, and she is the Korean vegan. And at the end of every show, I would say, hey, this is what's coming up next. And she was listening to what I was going to be talking about. And she's like, oh my gosh, because in the actual discussion that we had on our show, she was talking about she's, you know, high powered um, lawyer. And she all of a sudden, you know, started to have success. She had a side hustle. She had a hobby. It was not something that she's like, you know, she quit overnight. She kind of like let it, you know, is it going to work? Is it going to work? All of a sudden she went viral on a video and on TikTok and she kept it going. She didn't quit then either. And she kept it going. And you have to make sure that before you pull that, you know, ripcord and you, you jump out of the the plane that you have a parachute that's going to give you time, whether it is savings, whether it is, you know, another, you know, another business that you're going to be managing and running on the side so that there's not the pressure. I find that when you have the pressure, unless you plan for it and said, I'm going to give myself six months, this is what I'm doing. But I also want to mention something very interesting is that when you think about how long it takes for companies and for really um, you to become an, you know, very comfortable in your CEO role, they say three to five years. When I talked to Joanne, she said, you know what, I've been doing it, you know, almost 10 years. When you look at Amy Porterfield, one of the top marketeers in the digital space, she's been doing it for over 10 years. And somebody else's ending should not be considered when you're looking at your beginning. You don't realize how many relaunches they've specifically gone through. And I always find it interesting that, you know, we get that comparatitis. I'm saying comparatitis. You get what I'm saying. It's that ability to say, well, ah, look at them. Look at them on social. Look at them, you know, what they're doing. Look at them, how they show up on video. Look at them. But you don't know the relaunch stories. That's one reason I love to do what I do is I get to the bottom of the relaunch stories. What's your biggest relaunch, right? And I highlight, there's a woman that I also love to um, call out. And she happens to be another attorney. Her name is uh, Liani Kotcher. And you have heard her on um, my shows. And she was a lawyer and had this burning, you know, internal desire, purpose that she knew she needed to do something different. And she had a calling and she thought, I want to be a writer, but it wasn't as she describes it when her parents, she was telling her parents, you know, they weren't like, yeah, yeah, go be a writer. Woohoo. No, she was a very successful attorney. Why would you do that? And she ended up, we were, we worked together and we, we put a process in place and she ended up um, moving into 
on the side, starting to like, you know, take some classes and, you know, she was doing it on weekends and after hours. And by the way, there's not a lot of after hours. So she was really burning the midnight oil being a lawyer and trying to, you know, do this, but she did. And she started to really get involved in writing and really enjoyed it and loved it and realized that she's actually very, very good at it. Well, she released her recent book and it's called Ski Weekend. And now it's being considered, actually, I think she's already signed now with a group to actually make it into a big time movie, which by the way, it it should be, (laughs) it should be. So that's just, you know, another example. There are so many examples of people that are going, you know, really from also you have a entrepreneurial company and you realize, you know what? Hey, I thought it was going to be a lot easier. And I always say, you know, if it were easy, every single person would be doing it. Entrepreneurship, you got to know not only the steps, but you also need to understand that there are there are areas of your life, and you know, I've already talked about psychology. I got the degree there, but I've also been a junkie for neuroscience for almost 10 years. And you have to realize whether you're in corporate, whether you're in, you know, entrepreneurship, we all have these. They're called bugs, beliefs underground surfacing. We all have them. I've only heard one person say that she doesn't have them. And I said, oh, okay. But the people who work for you do. And these bugs are your limiting beliefs. They're the beliefs underground surfacing. They're limiting beliefs that come up. They usually come up at the most inopportune time. Let's just say um, it, it perhaps stems from money, right? And so why can't you scale your business? Why do you feel like every month you're you're kind of like having to really force this thing? And why do you have a successful quarter and then bomb out? And, um, you know, I have to say another shout out to another um, wonderful gal, Joy, who runs Tech's, Tech Pixies. And when we started to work together, she had a real like she had a bug that was really holding her back from scaling her business past six figures. And every time she thought she was going to do it, she got pushback. And in the book, Relaunch, um, Spark Your Heart, Ignite Your Life, I talk about hell in the hallway. I talk about the doors that we close on things that we think don't serve us, we think are traumatic. But guess what? Those darn medley little bugs, they come out at all times and they will always roar their ugly face. And they usually do when things are starting to go well. Isn't that interesting? They usually show up, your insecurities, your limiting beliefs show up when you're feeling good because that's when you're subconscious. That's when your conscious starts to feel like, hey, I can deal with this right now. And that's why all of a sudden you get that fear, you get that, oh, and then you roll back into your old ways. And so when we uncovered this for Joy, she ended up really diving into her bugs and using our process, the Belief Blaster, to help not just take care of it and acknowledge it, but actually blast it away and create new empowering beliefs. She then was able to scale her business. And so when you think about yourself, 
and you think about this decision of getting out of your head, maybe for some of you, you're thinking right now, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing. You know, for me, I, you know, had been doing it at the corporate world for 12 years and I was, my identity was absolutely that, which means my belief system, your beliefs are tied to your identity. Your beliefs are tied to your identity. So my identity was I had to work and I had to be in a certain position at this point, or I'm not good enough. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. So that first year, probably even two years, maybe even three years that I was, I started a business with another gal from Oracle. It was called White Space Inc., Debbie Monroe, shout out to you, INK Inc., was all about the white space creating white space in your business and how we fill it up. We always fill up white space. You can't just be present with your business. And the one thing that I want to say is that when I started to realize that I'm more than just my job, I'm more than just a CEO, I'm more than um, you know an entrepreneur. And I started to realize that my why. My why was to impact more and more people, take them to that next level, help them as I continued to, you know, create different jobs, security company to keep kids safe. Um, you know, boys, girls, keeping them safe online, girl ambition to help, you know, girls get empowered and feel that when you learn it as a young age and you can really, you know, move gracefully through those, those terrible teens, you know, and, and feel comfortable with who you are, it sets you on the right track. I want you to know that I had that why I had that strong heart centered place and I had to move it. I had to move out of my head, move out of the labels that I had given myself that I was not, it didn't matter, you know, the management title, it didn't man, it didn't matter, you know, what quota I was exceeding or, oh, wait, I'm not going to get to go to president's club this year. I realized that I needed to turn myself into more that purpose driven, like what is really going to make me feel like I am contributing, like I am, you know, giving back. And it wasn't about the money. And I know right now, especially with financial times, we have to, you know, we have to make sure we can pay our bills. We have to make sure. That's why I'm trying to guide you to say there's a right way to start your business, scale your business. Um, if you are so inclined, go over to the Relaunch Co. We have free, we have free workshops that help you give a lot out that you know you can actually benefit from. But really where I'm going again is 3HQ. You got to get out of your head. You got to get out of that those thoughts of what's going to come if I leave this, you know, how am I going to be able to do that? Because we're smart. We're now going to set ourselves up for success. We're going to identify our bugs, our beliefs underground servicing. We're going to look at belief blasting and get rid of those. And by the way, they are in my book. You do not, you know, you don't have to worry about like, when am I, you can go right now 
and start to read the book. It's in there, how to do it. Worksheets are in there. But then I also want you to be thinking in terms of your heart and your why. And going from this, you know, when we talked about minding the gap, so many of us want to be in that position because we've heard we're supposed to about self-love, right? Love yourself, love your life, love your business, love, 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 love. And I often say this, it's like, ah, I know when I was not feeling like I was doing anything right and I wasn't on my own right course, I felt nothing around self-love or self-like. I would say it was more more like self-sabotage. And so don't think that you have to go from where you are and cross over self-like and go to self-love. Take it slow, one step at a time. That's what we always say with 3HQ. And it's all this trifecta. It's all this like moving in a cycle. And, you know, that's the thing. It's a flow. And then I want you to be thinking about, as we've discussed, you know, kind of at this point, how do you access, how do you really tap into your intuition? That voice inside of you that if I had even brought this up in my corporate days, like, hey, what's my intuition saying? I would have been laughed out of the building. And that's because that would be more along the lines of heart-centered business. Trusting your intuition. It is, you know, it is right all the time. We end up misinterpreting it. That's why we think our intuition is off. But when you can start to think about tapping into that higher self, and again, your business, your entrepreneurial venture, your corporate, where you work, it all has, they have, it has a head, your business has thoughts, it has its own bugs, it has its own identity, it has its own heart, the why, the, it has its own self-loathing and self-liking and self-loving it has its own traumas and it has an energy that higher self is the energy and so i want you to think about your level of energy as you go into your entrepreneurial venture or as you're scaling it your energy is out of vibration and it is directly accessing and tapping into how others how the business how your clients are also operating so when you think about higher self and the G zone, right? Your business has a G zone as well. It has a G zone of growth and how are you growing your business? It has a gratitude. How are you? I talked about the, you know, the culture, this, this whole idea around culture and loss of culture. What are you doing to elevate that growing your people so that they have a connection so at this point, you know what, this has been so awesome. I hope that I have been able to help you kind of think about this in a different light, right? Sparking you up. And when you start to think, when are you going to make this decision? When are you going to make the next move? You can, and you can do this in a way that's setting up the foundation. So thank you again. Next week, I have Linda 
And Linda Atram is somebody that is managing many businesses. And she is also one of the Global Women Club Regional Director Directors worldwide. And we're going to be talking to her. You guys are going to love this. She is a fantastic woman. But right now, I just want you to focus on relaunch and live now, love now, relaunch right now. Thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next week. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.